Welcome to the Scandinavian Mind podcast, our weekly show about how technology is changing the creative industries. Today on the program, a special report from Fashion in Helsinki. One of the most important fashion events in the Nordics took place this week and we were there, both as collaborators with our own transformation conference and as reporters at the various shows and presentations. Today we're going to hear from Mauro Scalia, Director of Sustainable Businesses at Euratex, the European Apparel and Texter Federation, who did a much-liked keynote at our conference. Also, Diana Balanescu, Global Brand Director at the Innovative Fabric Company Spinova, who talks about their first commercial scale factory. Suvi Elina Enqvist, Head of Innovation Works at Marimekko on their new Innovation Hub. And lastly, Jua Vemampere, last year's Young Designer of the Year in Helsinki, who presented their latest collection in conjunction with our conference. My name is Kondra Dulson, Editor-in-Chief and Founder of Scandinavian Mind, and I'm here with my dear colleague Johan Magnusson, who is recording still in Helsinki. I'm back in Stockholm. How are you, Johan? Yeah, I'm good. Uh, I don't want to go home. Yeah, I took the last flight out, uh, which was delayed. I was home after two o'clock. So my mind is still in Helsinki recording this early Friday morning to get fresh impressions from uh, Helsinki. Should we set this up to begin with? uh, What is fashion in Helsinki really and why is it important? It's uh, it's a four-day event, uh, annual, taking place um, every year in uh, May in Helsinki aiming to gather the the national industry and um the for the, the previous um, main event i would say was uh, of course the graduation show mm. for alto university well that's why it it takes place in may which is a rather unusual fashion month uh usually you know obviously fashion weeks are either early in the year or around summer uh but as you said the the alto university graduation show has been a sought-after event for international talent scouts. Uh, I think Finland in the Nordics, I think they're the best in, in class, in a way, in the Nordics, of, of producing it, it, talents on an international level. Definitely. They're in their own league. Uh, we're not even close to uh, the rest of the countries. They're, they're, they're putting us to shame, for sure. And it's also it feels like uh, they're competing so much against each other. Mm. So that they're improving themselves, mm. and we then see um, they've uh, they're about to create their own ecosystem, similar to how it's been in Sweden with H and M. So several of the most uh, recognized uh, Swedish fashion labels, uh, their founders uh, have an, uh, have a background at H and M, and I believe that uh, Alto University, it's possible that it can create the say a similar ecosystem when. Uh, the graduates then are picked up by leading fashion houses, and then they get exper- experience, and then they can come back uh, uh, to their home market and uh, yeah, start their own brand. Or yeah, they can start their brand from Paris or London. We've seen several examples mm. of that. And they are also producing. I mean, the the flip side to that story is, of course, that Finland does not have. Uh, the amount of their own kind of fashion brands that Sweden and, and Denmark has. Uh, but there is a, a growing uh, number of, of very innovative designers coming out with their own labels. We both were at the show last night at the beautiful 
um, Helsinki City Theatre, a wonderful 60s uh, location. I was just mesmerized by by the beautiful architecture, uh, as you are at when you are in Helsinki. And there we had, uh, let's see if I can remember this now off the top of my head. We have uh, uh, by Hinders, Jonathan Hinders, um, Rolf Ekrut, of course, um, uh, Erwin Latimer, who did a fascinating collab with one of the big retailers in Finland. Um, uh, I forget if it's uh, K- Kmart or Smart, one of them. K-Market, yeah. yeah. I heard one number that um, more than 50% of the clothes bought in Finland uh, are bought at uh, similar supermarkets. I don't know if it's more than 50%, but it's like a cultural thing. No, I, I heard the I heard the same and they have a very special retail structure in Helsinki or in Finland at large, more similar to maybe Lidl internationally Lidl for many people uh doesn't know that that Lidl is I think the third or fourth or fifth up there among the the biggest textile and and clothing manufacturers in the world. And th- this connection with with sort of uh, grocery stores is, is strong in Helsinki and and uh, the company behind it are, are also behind some of the, the, the biggest department stores and, and such. So um, happy for, for uh, Ervin to get that uh, that collab. Um, who else was there? There were two other designers. Yeah, so uh, we also had um, uh, Alto Recoded, uh, Thomas. Of course, who, who also was a speaker at our conference. Exactly. Yeah, we we will get back to our conference, but uh, yeah, he was a speaker. And last but not least, we saw emerging names, uh, or yeah, perhaps the emerging name, uh, Vane. Yes. And they went uh, viral like half a year ago with their um, McDonald's capsule, and many believe that they're the next big uh, name to watch for from Finland. And uh, yeah, I agree. Oh, for yeah. sure. Worn worn by many international uh, uh, rappers and such. Uh, I'm I'm told. Uh, I never know who the rappers are when when people uh, <laughs> tell that to me, but that says more about me than anything else. Anyways, we'll get back to the fashion coverage. We should know uh, notice also there is another uh, very important um, fashion school that that's kind of in the shadow of Alto, but you know if not equally good, it's equally good than many of the other Nordic fashion schools. Namely, Lachte Institute of Design, which also had uh, a big show um, uh, during the week. And of course, it's the big Alto University graduation show, which takes place uh, tonight, Friday, when when uh, we are recording this. That's why you're still you're sticking around to cover the whole week. Definitely. I could stay another week. There's uh, so much to see here, of course. And uh, I used to joke that I'm the best unpaid ambassador for Helsinki in Sweden. I just love to be here. <laughs> I think that's why they put you up in the suite in the hotel, and and I was in a more standard room. Uh, but but that's for another. Uh, that's that's neither here nor there. Um, let's take a moment to reflect upon uh, why you know why this is important, and and um, so you want why why else is this week so important? Do you think? I think it's a growing industry here. They do have problems, especially with the like financing and funding, because I've heard mm. throughout the week that the cultural sector, of course, Finland is very famous for its design and architecture. So when it comes to funding, it's very difficult being in the fashion industry to get the funding. 
Uh, on the other hand, yeah. uh, they're very good at teaming up, uh, and the, here I mean the designers. They're very good at uh, teaming up with uh, like um, uh, heritage brands or um, tech brands. Uh, they're world leading in fashion tech solutions, I would say. And uh, also, they have the forest, of course. I think it's the biggest forest in Europe, you know, mm. or the, the country that's uh, uh, the most covered by forest. And uh, they have a great infrastructure um, because, yeah, we're, of course, buying less and less magazines. So that industry uh, has to transform. And uh, we all know that um, part of the solution for them might be, or, yeah, we can say it, it is, um, yeah, to, to, to transform it into textile. So, uh, yeah, mm. you mentioned Spinova, and um, there are several other startups, scale-ups, or industry collaborations uh, working on cellulose-based um, um, material uh, for the textile industry, meaning that Finland might have the, a great uh, opportunity to become like a yeah, role model for how the fashion industry could, could mm. become greener. Mm. Well, which brings us to our own transformation conference, which we produce in collaboration with uh, many of the organizations that are also doing the, the Fashion in Helsinki week. Uh, most prominently, of course, Uni Communication, the kind of leading fashion and lifestyle PR agency. Shout out to uh, Marta Luikari and Mia Koski, our, our wonderful collaborators. They're kind of the, 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 the queens of the week in a way. Uh, but also uh, Business Finland and Helsinki partners that are supporting supporting the conference as well as uh, Stockholm Fashion District uh, uh, that are mostly partnering on our August event that happened in Stockholm. So we we created this event to cover a lot of what you just uh, talked about. Um, there are so many innovation companies coming out of Finland. Um, they there's a growing need to connect these sort of startups these are companies that are you know supplying the fashion industry but are not necessarily coming from the industry they're coming from the pulp and wood industry and and kind of startup community and and the kind of the tech side of alto university etc cetera, etc cetera. And, and readers and listeners of, of scandinavian mind uh, have heard many of these companies and and we'll hear from them in in the, the weeks to come um and it I should be noted also one of the reasons uh, the conference is is so powerful in Helsinki is of course the the great attendance of international press so that's one of the the I would say strengths of fashion in Helsinki week in total is that they are able to attract international journalists and editors who are indeed very curious of what's happening in Helsinki and the and the talents uh, uh, growing there yeah, you said it, and the, the, it's quite a genuine um, interest. It's not something they say to to sound nice, you know, but uh, they, they are genuine when they, they say that uh, they're curious and interested in uh, visiting. For many, it's the first time being here. And uh, yeah, I, I hear a lot of journalists uh, saying that, yeah, when I come back, I want to bring my partner on a private trip here, you know, because it's such a beautiful city. Yes, so yesterday, Thursday, we held the fourth edition of our conference um, and the second one in Helsinki. So this is now a, a officially a tradition, I would say. Um, I was on stage most of the time, of course, uh, hosting uh, the, the panels and, and leading the introducing the keynote speakers. I feel like my brain was pretty toast afterwards. 
what were your impressions from from the audience you won great interest um, almost 200 people a great mixture of people we saw fashion students we saw entrepreneurs we saw media of course our media our dear media colleagues and uh, a lot of other mm. industries represent also the trade organizations i was happy to be introduced to the local trade organizations or i know a few of the, few of them but uh, great that they showed up and supported both us of course <laughs> but also yeah th these uh, innovations that they're also curious about um, not not only covering uh, yeah for instance if you're in finland it's obvious to cover marimekko but also the these innovations that they have an open mind to to come and hear more about them so it was it was positive uh, it, it yeah. was a great networking uh, we had a tough time to get people back from the from the cafe uh, after the coffee break so it was obvious that people were keen to connect. Mm. No, I'm I'm super proud of this edition. As you said, it's our it's our biggest one yet, um, uh, and I think my takeaway overall is that our conference, this concept that we created back in 2020, calling it the Transformation Conference because of the need for transformation in these industries that we love and cover it really has come to fruition. I think its relevance kind of came out this year. And that is, of course, underscored by the new directors, the new directives that are coming out of the European Union this year. There are several laws being constituted uh, this summer. And that, of course, was a big part of, of this the conference this year. So super happy to have Mauro Scalia of Eurotex present to give us an update on uh, what's what's happening in the EU. We will get back to that on the podcast and, and listen to what he said. Uh, but, you know, I think the, the main takeaway, and I think everyone is kind of waking up to the fact that this is a major thing for the fashion industry. There are 16 uh, categories of laws that are, are, are being uh, drafted and, and finalized right now that will affect the fashion industry. Mauro talked about three of them, which was uh, this need of, of a product passport, a huge need of uh, documentation and transparency for the fashion industry. Uh, obviously, the uh, green claims, meaning the end of greenwashing in marketing and communication, um, and the end-of-life responsibility for brands that we really have to take, uh, which, which uh, leads into the whole idea of recycling textiles. The Finns are actually uh, pioneers here. They're the first country in the world that already this year, the, the, as of 1st of January 2023, have mandatory recycling uh, by all municipalities in, in Finland. So they have recycling bins uh, in, in their, in their uh, um, uh, apartment houses, uh, etc., uh, this comes into full effect in the EU in 2025. So that's why there's also a lot of innovative companies. Uh, one of them, Rester, that was part of, of the conference that are um, going into this recycling uh, business, of course. And again, we will come back to the Transformation Conference as per usual. We will uh, publish many of the conversations in our podcast. Uh, but, but you, Yuan, you also took the chance to speak to uh, Mauro Scalia from Eurotex uh, in the intermission. And uh, let's hear a snippet from some of the insights that he shared at the conference. Here's your conversation with Mauro Scalia. 
and you just uh, took the stage here in Helsinki at the Transformation Conference. What did you talk about? Yes, interesting event today, uh, Pack Room. Um, we talked about uh, the transformation that is currently happening in the global textile value chain and particularly how this is driven by EU legislation at this point in time. We're now seeing an unprecedented amount of legislation. I mentioned 16 pieces of legally binding actions now being designed and how this is impacting the business, the front runners and the, um, uh, the other companies. And uh, what are your key takeaways from the, from the talk or the keynote? Right. Um, the transformation is happening, that's clear. Uh, there is a push and pull effect here. On the one hand side, we see legislation forcing the, chain, the value chain to change uh, because, of course, of the environmental pressure in textiles. Uh, we see a lot of uh, innovative solutions coming forward. Uh, what I think is quite crucial is the, um, the need to scale this up, so to go beyond the small scale, beyond the capsule collection of the fashion brands, and make it possible to become the new norm, as uh, we say also in Brussels. Um, for that to happen, it's crucial that different parts of the value chain collaborates more with each other. And we do see uh, fashion brands collaborating more even with spinners, with fiber producers, something that perhaps 10 years ago was way less common. Um, so this integration in the value chain, this stronger collaboration is seen as one key enabler to go higher up in scale. What are the crucial call to actions in order to um, achieve this uh, scaling? Is it uh, the end consumer demands, legislation, or? Yeah, I think uh, well, we can. I think we can say there is a role to play for everybody, virtually everyone. Um, the states, the policymakers, need to do quality legislations and to consider all aspects, not just very ambitious goals, but also the real implementability, the impact also on the competitiveness of the companies. The companies uh, need to make products in a different way and need to be more sustainable. And uh, we need to help those which are lagging behind or initiating this journey. And we need to learn also what best practices can be used to inspire. Uh, consumers, uh, it's clear we need to better inform consumers uh, there has to be a demand for more sustainable products because nowadays we still see price is becoming uh, is still uh, the major driver uh, price and comfort price and aesthetic to for consumers to choose sustainable products sustainability is not yet on top of the agenda when people buy things they don't check the sustainability some do but not the large majorities and finally also the state uh, has a role to play because authorities organizations they do purchase a lot of textile products and services, they can also, for public procurement, increase the demand for more sustainable products. So there is a role for everyone. At Scandinavian Mind, uh, we covered uh, EU legislation and the, the, the coming um, initiatives uh, quite broadly. What are the next steps uh, that um, ventures and uh, entrepreneurs and the industry should uh, focus on? And it's also different for bigger corporations and SMEs. Sure. For sure. Um, as mentioned earlier, um, there are some really uh, groundbreaking rules which are now being designed. Um, as industry association, we need to advise the policymakers to do that. So we need to have inputs and ideas from the companies. 
both the large one, which of course they are, they have a very strong leverage power and they can take initiative, but also the smaller companies, the SMEs. Um, so we need to collect ideas, we need to collect inputs. Be mindful that over the next one year, a lot of the legislation now being designed on eco-design, on uh, uh, system to cover the cost of the textile waste disposals will be completed most probably. So it is now the time to look at this legislation and provide inputs to make it happen. All right, that was Maro Scalia, Director of Sustainable Businesses at Eurotex, the European Apparel and Textile Federation. Uh, okay, moving on from the Transformation Conference, uh, uh, while I stayed on to host a couple of roundtables, you you went with a press tour out into Helsinki, going to some of the events. Uh, one of them was um, the Marimekko event that was hosted together with Spinova. Exactly, and a few other material innovation companies, because uh, Marimekko just uh, mm. launched uh, their own innovation hub, which is located uh, at mm. their printing mill right outside of uh, Helsinki. So they invite um, startups to, to, to test their ideas in uh, these facilities. Uh, now they work with, um, mm. and actually mainly local ones, but also from other regions. But um, they, they work together with a bunch of them. Uh, it's not only that they're... Uh, they're doing any pilot projects there, but it also results in uh, products for the for the for the market. Well, so paint the picture. What was that? Was it actual production, or was it more uh, theoretical, like innovation hub uh, connecting businesses, or were they actually in the the facilities? So at their HQ, they have a printing mill. I think it's like seventy years old. Uh, if I remember it right, uh, they produce one million meter or print one million meter of fabric there every year. Wow! Wow! So the uh, there were um, uh, a few uh, innovation companies uh, present and presented uh, either their um, finished products or their coming products, and a few of them um, are yet to be revealed. So we were maybe mm. one of the mm. first to see them. Yeah, and you took the chance to also speak to the head of innovation works at Marimekko, uh, Suvielina Enqvist. Uh, let's listen to that conversation. And we are here today in the Marimekko's printing mill in the headquarters in Herttoniemi, uh, where we print over one million meters of fabric every year. And it's yes, it's a production facility, but it's also an innovation hub where we co-develop and co-create new materials and dying innovations for the future. How long has this uh, hub uh, been up and running and how come you started it and uh, what has it been like since you started? So we started this innovation team um, a little over a year ago, but I have to say that this approach to collaboration goes way beyond our times, this team's times. Uh, so that's actually uh, one of the core values of Marimekko, the collaboration and co-creation, whether it is uh, creating new prints for our portfolio or overall the, the, the techniques in our printing processes. So yeah, so I think I would say that we're just uh, carrying forward the tradition uh, that we've already been doing for decades. 
And if we look at uh, some of the current uh, projects, um, tell, tell us more. Who are the partners and what have you created together? Yes, so uh, we work a lot with uh, innovators and startups and growth companies uh, from Finland, but also uh, we work a lot with all kinds of companies from different parts of the world. But today in this event, we wanted to uh, shine some light on some of the Finnish uh, companies. And maybe worth mentioning is uh, our first closed loop um, capsule collection. Uh, that was actually done in collaboration with the Portuguese cluster uh, that's launching uh, in the end of June. So it's the first kind of our first effort to close the loop from material waste to new garments. Um, then maybe something on the um, uh, dyeing space. Uh, we work with a Finnish company called Finnish Indigo, Finnish Natural Indigo. They are based in the Österbotnia uh, region in Finland, a couple of hours north of, uh, from, from Helsinki. And they are developing uh, plant-based dyeing uh, solutions using agricultural um, uh, byproducts. It's a working farm, actually. And um, why is it important for you to team up with uh, these uh, startups? How does it uh, help you as a company and in your transformation? Yes, um, we believe that collaboration provides solutions for what the industry is currently facing and startups and innovators are a key component to this. Uh, so, and they are agile, they are very visionary, they want to get things done. So, so it's just fascinating to work with them because they see no boundaries. They only see opportunities. So it's uh, it's uh, it's a very very like important because uh, they, they, they have the energy and the drive to push the industry forward, and it's very inspiring and motivating for us as well. And today on the, this presentation, uh, you've unveiled a few of uh, the coming launches, uh, and some of them are not even uh, public, I assume. So we can't talk about it. But if you're looking ahead. What are you looking for uh, for future collaborations with uh, startups? What are your uh, important uh, topics or where are, what are you looking at? Yes, so materials is obviously a big part um, as it's one of the biggest emission uh, generators in the industry at large today. So um, that, that more work must continue. I think now it's because we're living through these very interesting times in the industry right now where we are in this inflection point where the wide-scale um, adoption is, is around the corner. So we want to now focus more on scaling up these solutions. I would say that's, that's probably the next. And also focusing on developing services around the ecosystem. Right, that was Suvi Elina Enqvist, head of innovation works at Marimekko. Also, other big news during the week is that Spinova, the innovative fiber company, which uh, we have written about many times in Scandinavian Mind, they've also been present at our conferences. Also, big news during the week: uh, Spinova, the innovative uh, fiber company that that we've written a lot about. It's in Scandinavian Mind, also have uh, been part of of several of, of our conferences. They officially opened their first commercial scale 
factory uh you one why is this important they were one of the first uh, to prove that uh, the finnish forest can actually be used for something else and uh, ever since mm. um uh, they've been uh, a, f- a front runner and um work have worked with a bunch of the, the leading global uh, fashion and lifestyle brands uh, their partner list is quite impressive and also for all these innovation companies um the, the, it's a it's a thing to come up with the innovation, but then of course it's uh, another thing to scale. So why this is important is yeah. um, that uh, they they show that um, they have the resources uh, and the, the the will or the strength to to open a commercial factory, just like uh, Swedish Renew Cell did uh, recently um, in the mm. it, it, yeah back in Sweden. So. Um, yeah, the Nordics are leading the way here, to proving that cellulose-based uh, textile uh, can uh, solve or help solving uh, a lot of problems for the industry. And they opened the factory together with uh, the world's largest uh, wood pulp producer, Susano. So they have great partners as well. And all the reports I've heard and seen is that the factory looks amazing. Another uh, architectural feat for the Finns. Uh, and also, you know, it, it it's carbon positive. Even uh, there, there's something about. I mean, obviously, their innovation is that it's uh, it's a waterless technology, also a chemical-free technology. So, for being a factory, there is no uh, pollution going on at all. Nothing comes out of the factory. No dirty water. No no chemicals are leaving the facility, which I find also very fascinating. Yeah, Shariare Mahmoud. Uh, at Spinova, one of their um, executives. He was uh, a speaker at the conference. And afterwards, I had a long interview with him. And he mentioned uh, that he believes that uh, the next big thing uh, when it comes to sustainability in the industry is uh, water. The lack of water will Mm. become a global, global issue. We're going to get back to your conversation with uh, Shariare and and now uh, uh, turn our, our attention to their global brand director, which you met during the week to talk about this. Uh, Diana Balanescu uh, is the global brand director of Spinova. And let's, let's listen to your conversation with her. Yeah, speaking of uh, a lot of things happening, you, you experienced a big week uh, in Jyvetskyle uh, in uh, central Finland. Uh, tell us more. It happened actually just yesterday. It's been uh, pretty much one of the biggest projects I started working on from the get-go. And finally, yesterday, uh, it came to the, the final point where we revealed the first commercial factory that we've opened in collaboration or as a joint venture with uh, Susano, uh, the co-partner of the joint venture. So it's the first commercial factory that is producing the Spinova fiber out of wood-based, out of wood pulp. So Susano is the raw material provider and uh, we, Spinova, come with technology and the brand. What will you produce there? Uh, how much is the capacity? Tell us more about uh, what this, this will change for, for the venture. So it's the wood-based Spinova fiber that we're producing out of the factory. Uh, we're still ramping up production until the end of the year um, and the aim is to reach a thousand tons and then in the next 10 years the um, aim is to reach one million and that also means that we're already looking into feasibility studies and in discussion where the next plant could be. 
Can you share anything on uh, coming plans or coming projects? Uh, no, it's still um, a lot of avenues are being explored, both when it comes to production side, but also brand partnerships. Um, so a lot of development is happening. As soon as it's uh, finalized, we will definitely reveal. So nothing just yet that hasn't been published. You now have a long list of uh, partners, partnering brands, especially in uh, fashion and uh, outdoor. Uh, for this uh, spring summer, which projects uh, do you find the most exciting? Well, the last one that we communicated was Halti um, just um, a few weeks ago. And um, for the rest of the year, uh, we're working on a few different ones, um, mostly in fashion, but uh, exploring other applications of the fiber as well um, and see where it suits best and um, hopefully more that we can communicate very soon. But yes, a lot of brand partners are in the pipeline. Um, we're doing uh, research and development with them. And once we finalize the perfect product for both of us, then uh, we will be looking forward to launch. Right, that was Diana Balanescu, uh, Global Brand Director at Spinova. Okay, so it wouldn't be fashion in Helsinki without the fashion. You know, even though we love to cover the, the tech side of things and lately also policy side of things with the all whole EU uh, um, things happening. Uh, we also wanted to lift one of the most fascinating designers coming out of Helsinki last year's Young Designer of the Year, Yua Veamampare. You met Yua. What's, what fascinates you about Yua, Yua? Yeah, very, very inspiring character. Very calm, very Finnish, but still uh, a lot of charisma and uh, merging um, old uh, knitting and weaving techniques with the 3D printing and uh, proving that it, it may actually be possible to, to use uh, 3D printing for, in garments and not only for, I don't know, manufacturing industries and such. And I'm quite curious about uh, how 3D printing can be used in fashion. Mm. Also very uh, topical and fascinating with the sort of combination of inspirations from the gaming world uh, as well, combining that with sort of traditional crafts in and and new innovations like 3d printing very 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 fascinating all right so let's listen to your conversation with Yua Viamampara at the moment we are at national museum of finland and i'm exhibiting here uh, as part of my young designer of the year award this kind of like a new collection that i'm uh, I have made over this year, which is kind of like exploring this new type of like DIY cultures and the possibilities of DIY. Actually, here I've combined 3D printing into more like traditional knitting and crochet methods. In the past, I worked a lot with the like materials like leather, for example, and I've applied this kind of like a crochet technique where you do like a patchwork of the leather and combine it with a crochet seam. So I thought like, how, how can I like implement these same techniques into 3D printed materials? Because there is also like a, like, like in the knitwear and crochet, there is like huge DIY community and also in the 
in the like 3D printing world, there is this maker culture. So I kind of wanted to combine these two DIY cultures together in my work. So I tried this like same techniques that I've used in the past, but applied them into three, 3D printed form. Like for example, here is like a 3D printed, more like a bustier type of a thing that I've uh, like combined together with this like uh, yarn technique. So it actually has like some flexibility, which is like usually the issue with 3D printed garments because there is, there is no movement in the material usually. So, yes. The pieces that we see here, they are not so wearable. They're more for museums. Yes. Uh, do you think that we will see more wearable 3D printed uh, pieces in the future? Yes, I, I think so. Uh, as the kind of like techniques develop, maybe, maybe not, uh, not so much in like a very, very like structured garments, but more. I could see like there would be like pieces in the garments that are used as 3D printed in the future. But also I think my, my work or like what I want to do with my work is kind of to give people ideas what's possible rather than kind of giving, giving them the straight answers. Like what, what could you technically do and how could you combine different methods and how can you find more like more like, uh, kind of like, find new angles into things, I guess. And uh, after the award and uh, this exhibition, what are your coming plans? Uh, do you plan to work for a brand or do exhibitions on museums like this or ready to wear or...? Well, this, uh, this is quite interesting. I think it's going to be like a mix of many things. I, I kind of want to work in this like very DIY oriented way also like creating patterns for knitwear and stuff like that but also having like a strong kind of like fashion perspective in my work at the same time and kind of show that the like capabilities of working in this manner but also like I, I want to do more like a like craft magazines and this type of like find new new medias to kind of implement these two worlds together because usually these type of like maker cultures are separate things from the fashion world but myself in my past work I've found like so much inspiration in these like like ordinary people who kind of work outside of the fashion field and do something very like extravagant and bold so it's like yeah for me your pieces are amazing but they also need to be experienced uh, in real life uh, will you have any exhibitions where people can uh, experience it uh, onwards or well at the moment i have uh, or i'm part of this exhibition in ruska museum in gothenburg it's called nordic fashion now there is my previous work that was uh, actually exhibited or showcased in ear fashion festival uh, last year and it's exhibited there with uh, like uh, uh, also like jewelry pieces that I worked with with uh, Derus uh, like a accessory making firm and like yeah a lot a lot more of what I've what I've kind of done in the past it's you should visit <laughs> yeah it's a brand new exhibition curated by alpha and that it will move on to other nordic museums in the forthcoming years and perhaps you will uh, be exhibiting 
in the Nordics as well as part of the exhibition. Yes. Yes. All right, that was Johan Wehmann-Pärde, last year's Young Designer of the Year, who presented uh, their latest collection in conjunction with the Transformation Conference. Johan, uh, I'm going to let you go now. You're gonna ha- you have a last day to do in, in Helsinki, so we have reason to come back to some of the things uh, happening. Is there something you, you're looking forward to uh, extra much uh, today, Friday? Obviously, the graduation show, finishing uh, the Finnish... Um... Fashion Week. So we're going to Alto University tonight to see the new the new generation of talent from this country. I said in the, like the the latest po- podcast I I went into, uh, what's in the water here? It's uh, so much talent and so much innovation and such good entrepreneurs. But you need to come here to experience it firsthand. You know, a beautiful time of year to be in Helsinki. Also very lush and green. All right, this has been the Scandinavian Mind podcast with a special report from Fashion in Helsinki. Um, we will, of course, be back with uh, publica- publishing uh, the conversations from our transformation conference that happened yesterday in Helsinki. Uh, but we'll also redirect our focus to our upcoming beauty innovation initiative, our new insights newsletter that's being launched in a- just a few weeks. So if you want to know everything about what's happening in the world of beauty from a sort of tech standpoint, sustainability standpoint, innovation standpoint, uh, go to scandinaviamind.com slash beauty innovation and sign up for pre-access to to that. There are some interesting uh, also events coming out related to beauty innovation that we're working on right now. So so make sure you sign up uh, for early access to, to get notified when, when that comes out. Uh, and also, of course, uh, our, sign up to our regular newsletter uh, that comes out twice a week. All right, Yuan, enjoy your last day of Helsinki. Kitos.